Can a non-qualified ESPP offer a better benefit than a qualified plan? Most of my listeners in the United States would probably scoff at this idea. But in this episode, I'd like to challenge that assumption. I'm Barbara Buckshaw, Executive Director of the NASPP. This episode of the NASPP's Equity Expert Podcast is a replay of a conversation I had with Sandra Sussman of SAP about Own SAP, which is a pretty innovative, non-qualified employee stock purchase plan. I'll admit that when I first heard that SAP offered a non-qualified ESPP, I was skeptical that it could offer a benefit comparable to a qualified plan. Most of the non-qualified plans we see offer little to no discount and have very low participation as a result. But SAP's plan is different. For starters, it offers a 40% match, which equates to about a 29% discount. So right there, it's arguably a better economic benefit than a traditional Section 423 plan, which can only offer a 15% discount. SAP's plan also offers a 20 euro subsidy to help lower paid employees participate, another feature that isn't possible in a qualified ESPP. Not only that, but by offering a match instead of a discount, SAP has found a clever solution to the challenge of having to withhold taxes on purchases. For any company that offers an ESPP outside of the United States, qualified or not, this podcast is worth a listen to just to learn how SAP tackled this problem. So without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Sandra. Sandra, let's just start with a little background on SAP. Tell me a little bit about the company and why you decided to implement an ESPP. Sure thing, Barb, and thanks for having me today. In a nutshell, SAP is a 45-year-old German headquartered software company whose purpose is to help the world run better and improve people's lives. Toward that end, we provide our customers enterprise application software, analytics and business intelligence, and artificial intelligence for cloud-based marketing. Supporting this effort are our roughly 95,000 employees in about 180 countries. Because we believe very strongly in employee share ownership. We've, we've had a number of equity plans over the years, both long-term incentive plans and purchase plans. And the purchase programs, by and large, have looked very little like ESPPs as we know them here in the U.S. They've varied by country. They haven't been available to everybody. And in the case of our most recent share matching program, they've had features that many employees just didn't appreciate, such as a high investment requirement for the employee and long holding periods that some just found too onerous. Our goal for Own SAP, which is our current purchase plan, was to make employee ownership accessible to all and on the same basis around the globe to the greatest extent possible. So if we go back for a moment to our to SAP's purpose overall as a company, we really wanted to take our goal of improving people's lives directly to our employees by giving all of them not only an opportunity to participate in the company's success, but also a vehicle for building wealth. Okay, great. And as I alluded to earlier, the solution you ended up with for your ESPP was pretty unique, pretty outside the box. Can you describe how it works for our listeners? Happy to. It's one of the things I love doing. It's a non-qualified open market plan. Employees contribute from 1% to 10% of their monthly base salary, which SAP matches at 40% plus another 20 euro for employees who are below the executive level. 
Those funds are all rolled up together, sent to our provider every month, and shares are purchased and placed in the employee's accounts for the employee to hold, sell, transfer, whatever. It's really that easy. The match is capped at the local equivalent of 6,000 euro, which in the U.S. this year is around $6,700. So the basic value proposition of participation is very clear and predictable, and it's not tied to market volatility at all, that the match lets you buy more shares. Of course, once you own the shares, you're subject to share price ups and downs, but up front, participation will get you a 40% return on your investment. Great. Why offer a match instead of a discount? Once we decided to purchase shares on the open market rather than issue new shares, a matching financial contribution to boost purchasing power made just a lot more sense than a discount on the purchase price because the challenge was how and when to apply that discount. A discount clearly is easier to do when the employee is purchasing shares from the company because the company can set the price, not so much when the market's involved. With respect to the subsidy, that came out of our negotiations with our social partners who really wanted the plan to be as accessible as possible to as many employees as possible. The subsidy makes it easier for employees with lower incomes to participate at a level that's going to be possibly more comfortable for them. In some countries, for instance, that 20-euro subsidy might actually double the monthly contribution of someone who, at the minimum contribution rate, can contribute just 10 euro a month. The plan also provides for factional shares, which, again, facilitates participation by lower-income workers because they can contribute an amount that isn't necessarily going to buy an entire share, and they'll have those fractional shares sitting in their account. Yeah, I can see how that really would make a difference in some countries or for some employees to have that extra subsidy. Why did you decide on a non-qualified plan, and how are you managing the tax withholding for something like this? Well, we wanted one plan, the same plan, implemented as widely as possible. We didn't want tax qualification in one jurisdiction if we couldn't offer the same in another. That was actually a pretty easy decision for us, that global approach. The tax uh, withholding solution (laughs) took us a little bit of time to get to, but the result is wonderfully, beautifully simple. The employer match flows through payroll, and it's taxed as income in that same payroll. The match plus the employee's contribution together from that same payroll are used to purchase the shares. So the beauty of this is that it's all taken care of at once and there aren't any issues if an employee leaves. So the shares purchased belong to the employee even if he or she leaves before the purchase actually happens. And there aren't any contribution refunds required if the employee leaves before the purchase happens. It's really awesome. Yeah, that is just so simple. And when I think of how challenging withholding for non-U.S. employees is on a sort of traditional U.S. ESVP, that just seems like a really great solution. Now, I know that plans like this that are new and inventive can often be a challenge to administer. It can take some time for other third-party administrative solutions to catch up. Has this been an issue with your plan, and how have you addressed it? Well, There were some challenges initially, which actually ended up being addressed by the tax withholding approach that I just described. The assumption at first was that we'd send employee and employer funds separately, which would have created some issues around having to have offshore trust accounts and the correct point of taxation for the shares purchased by the employer match. 
So we were struggling with all of that, but when we decided to run the match through payroll to solve that problem and, and roll up the employer's contribution with the match, then that ended up resolving both the taxation issue and it eliminated the need for separate trust accounts. So that was amazing. We, we all sat around and said, oh, look at this. We're literally killing two birds here with one stone. And other than that, it's run very smoothly. No issues at all. Wow, that's great. And how has the plan been received by employees? Are you getting the participation that you'd hoped for? Yeah, you know, we, we managed expectations when this first rolled out with senior leadership. And I, I repeatedly went back to the NASCP surveys and that sweet spot that we tend to see, you know, that 20 to 30% that seems to be the most prevalent. So we, we said, look, we're probably going to get 20 to 30%. If we get more, that's great. Our participation rate has remained steady at close to 70% globally. So I'd say that the plan has been pretty well received by employees. It's a 40% return on your investments before taxes. So the big question is what's going on with these, you know, this 30 some percent that's not participating. And we actually looked at that and found that those who don't participate are more likely to be women in lower career levels, like entry level in the next couple up, definitely individual contributors at lower levels. And then the 20 to 23 and 70 to 75 year old age ranges. So we, we've kind of narrowed that down. We're going to look at, at better ways to communicate with this group. We haven't seen significant variances among regions or job functions. So it's kind of limited, but we certainly can't or won't complain about our participation rate. We're really very happy with it and, and leadership seems to be as well. Yeah, that is fantastic, actually. That's a participation rate that I think most companies would envy. And also very interesting about the groups of people that aren't participating. And I look forward to hearing about how you solve that problem. All right. Thanks, Sandra. Those are all my questions. So this concludes our podcast for today. Sandra, I want to thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Your plan has just been very, very interesting to hear about. And I also want to thank our listeners and encourage you all to subscribe to the Equity Expert Podcast Program so you are alerted to future podcasts. You can find us on the homepage of the NSPP website or on the NSPP voice page.